What's up, everybody? We're Side After Dark, your new favorite band. Hey. Welcome to the Munich... Yeah. What is this? Welcome to the Music Maniacs podcast. <laughs> Munich Maniacs. We're from Germany. Yeah. Shot and, exclu- and filmed exclusively in Munich, Germany. <laughs> just for you all over the world, wherever you are. Um, just kidding. We're actually in Brooklyn right now. Mm-hmm. And today we're talking about... Chicago. Oh man, <laughs> I was ca- I was gonna hype it up. Oh man, hype it up, hype it up. <laughs> that's, that's the rewind noise. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're talking about a big band. Uh huh. From a big city <laughs> with a big sound. <laughs> In case you don't know who we're talking about yet, <laughs> who are we talking about? In case my horns didn't get you, it's Chicago. <laughs> it's Chicago. <laughs> So, we're talking about Chicago, which is a band I didn't realize how good they were until pretty recently. Yeah. With all our reactions on our Side After Dark channel. Check them out if you like uh, reaction videos and stuff. Yeah. But I don't even know where to start. There's a lot of people with this band. Lots. And they've been around for a long time. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So, I don't know. Where do you want to start it off? I want to start with with Walt. I want to start with the first guy. Oh. Oh, yeah. So, we'll start with Walt. And just so y'all know, so... Due to, you know, Chicago has a ri- very rich history. Yes. You know, it's known for a lot of things. Many. It's known for its great music scene. Bum, 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 and it's also known for a lot of crime and violence. <laughs> and for that reason, <laughs> we have decided to bestow upon every member of Chicago uh, their own gangster name. Uh-huh. So we'll be revealing them throughout the podcast uh-huh. as, <laughs> as the members uh, appear. So stick around <laughs> so you can... Hear about the Chicago gang. Um, so who who do you want to start with again? With Walter Parazader. Walter, yes. Mm-hmm. Or as we call him, Walter the Wind Parazader. Oh, there you go. Because he plays the trumpet. Yep. And he's got a lot of wind. Yeah. And that's what he does. <laughs> wind, not hot air, okay? Right. <laughs> Remember that. He, you know, used to, he wanted to be a musician, mm-hmm. but he said he had a schizophrenic love for rock and roll music. He would uh, like kind of moonlight as a wannabe rock star. Because that's not music. <laughs> that doesn't count as, in the 50s, rock and roll didn't count as music, okay? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he was, you know, going to school and he should have been joining an orchestra, a symphony, playing a lot of classical, scoring a lot of ballets and operas. That's where you should have been, Walt. But That's no. what real music is. <laughs> None of this rock and roll bullshit. Okay? But instead, he had this dream, this premonition of having a rock and roll band with horns in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on Walt goes. To DePaul University. Yes. Well, it's funny because um, I didn't realize this when before we started doing research for this podcast. I always thought of Chicago as, you know, a rock band with horns, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that the horns were really the start of it. Yes. And then it kind of grew out from there, which yeah. really makes a lot of sense in the sound because the horns are like another lead instrument yeah. as one section. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it really makes sense how that happened. So, yeah. so Walt was at DePaul University uh-huh. in the music program or whatever, mm-hmm. and there was this other guy yes. that was at DePaul. Mm-hmm. His name was James Panko, mm-hmm. or as we call him, uh, Pack the House Panko, because uh-huh, uh-huh. that's what he does. That's he packs true. the fucking house every night, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Monday through Sunday, every day. That's what they do. Yep. So he played trombone. Yeah. And um, 
apparently uh, at the Paul they would have like these little like practice rooms mm-hmm. where it would just be like a little closet almost with like a little window yeah. in the door. Yeah. So I guess you could not feel like you're in prison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or yeah. whatever, whatever their reasoning was. And um, Pack the House Panko <laughs> was practicing his trombone and he was really fucking good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't his first choice for instrument, but it's what he ended up doing. Yeah. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's just like that. Apparently, he wanted uh, one time he wanted to play the drums at some like church thing, but the line of people to play the drums was too long. Yeah, and he didn't have the patience, so he had, he just went over. And they were like, "Why don't you just try this? Nobody's in line for this. You can you don't have much competition for the trombone." And he said, "Ah." He's like, "Oh, okay, I can do that." So anyway, he's at the Paul. He's practicing, and he kept seeing somebody in the little window mm-hmm. in the door. Just like he he was like, I kept seeing this face like looking at me, uh-huh. and I'm like. What is what is this? Like, yeah. who is this guy? Yeah, you know what time. I mean. It would it would it would fill in for him every time he played. It was like yeah, he'd be in the room playing, and then all of a sudden there'd be like a second per line <laughs> melody line outside the door. He's like, what's going on? <laughs> but he kept seeing this guy that um kept showing up mm-hmm. to just watch him creepily through the door. I yeah. guess yeah, and he would always hear this wind in the background. <laughs> there was just wind all over the place, <laughs> breezing all over all through the campus of the hall. <laughs> And um, yeah, this guy kept showing up to watch him, and he's like, who the fuck is this? And then eventually, the guy walked in to introduce himself, Yeah. and it was Walter. Yes. Mm. It was the wind. It was the wind himself. Mm-hmm. And Walter steps in to James, pack the house panko, mm-hmm. and he's like, yo, I really like what you do. Yep. I like how you play. Yep. I had this idea. Yep. Of a rock band uh-huh. with a full horn section. Yep. Lead horn section, not like some little background things. Correct. Like this is a full instrument and like we're really going for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And <laughs> James was just like, that sounds pretty cool. Uh-huh. I like rock and roll music. Uh, that's right. And I also like the trombone. Exactly. So I think I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a really good thing, especially. And that's a perfect age to to grab somebody and say, let's do something different, you mm-hmm. know, because that's the kind of like rebellious age. And, you know, even though you're going to school, you want to be an individual. Yeah. You want to do something different, you know, and why not? Right. Mm-hmm. So 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 they have the idea. OK, we're horn. We're horn players. We're going to make a rock band around the horns mm-hmm. and we're going to make it happen. So we can make it happen. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> and um, so they're like, okay, so, well, if we're doing a full band, we need a lot more than just uh, trombone and trumpet. We do? Right? Unfortunately, people don't want to hear just trombone and trumpet. Damn. And they got to pay their rent, you know? So they're like, all right, well, what can we do to get the people on our side? Uh-huh. So Walt was, like, already in this band called uh, The Missing Links. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. And this band was kind of um, not super serious. Yeah, yeah. They were just, you know, hanging out and playing. and Yeah. They're good at it. But one thing about being young, too, you're not only rebellious, but you're kind of lazy. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Depending on who Sometimes, you are. But a yeah. lot of the time. <laughs> um, and so the thing with this band, like, it was basically run by this dude whose dad knew a lot of people in the scene. So he yeah. would book them into clubs. Yeah. But apparently the guy leading the band wasn't actually that talented or very good. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. the rest of the people in the band were just like, all right, we'll just do this to make some money, right? Yes. So Walt was in that band. Mm-hmm. And there was a few other people in that band. Yep. Right? Um, we got... Danny Seraphin yep. on the drums, <laughs> a.k.a. The Snare Serpent. 
Danny the Snare Serpent Seraphin. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right? Mm-hmm. And he was over there crushing the drums. And you had this other guy who could sing and he could play guitar really fucking well. Oh, yeah. His name was Terry Kath. Mm-hmm. And he... For the rest of this podcast, shall be known as the aftercath. That's right. Because there was a before and there was an after. <laughs> All right, we're not in the aftercath yet, but he is the aftercath. Okay, That's remember right. that. So, so now they got basically four of them. Because mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah. Because Walt was like, "All right, guys, like, let's go do this. Yeah, let's go do this instead. <laughs> Fuck this band. This Wait. is lame." <laughs> <laughs> basically, so now they got they got the trombone, they got the trumpet, they got guitar slash vocals, and they got drums. And they're like, okay, well, we still want to fill up the sound a little bit. Maybe a we little get bit a keyboard. More. Maybe. Uh, we need a bass. Yeah. Well, actually, they weren't even sure if they needed a bass yet. Not quite yet. Not quite yet. But they definitely need some keys. Yeah, because yeah. they were like, well, maybe the key player could just play the bass lines, and then we don't have to pay for an extra person. Possibly. But that's not exactly how it ended up. No. So they got a keyboard player mm-hmm. by the name of Robert Lamb. Yes. Or as we call him, Robert on the Lamb Lamb. Yeah, you got to find him. You got to find him, okay? He's real hard to track down. Exactly. Those keys are so good, you know, you kind of got to hide from you a little bit. <laughs> he doesn't want you to know that it's him. <laughs> um, so we got them, and then we got we got another guy mm-hmm. that ended up playing bass and singing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And his name was Peter Cetera, uh-huh. a.k.a. Set it off, Cetera. Because that's what he does, okay? You hear those high notes, you're like, ooh, they're about to set it off. Yeah, yeah. And Peter was in another band, too. Mm. And that band wasn't doing that well. And uh, Peter was sick and tired of that band, foreshadowing. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, foreshadowing what? You'll have to tell me later. I don't know. I'll have to tell you. So he decided to leave and then it just turned out that this band that at the time was called the big thing for obvious reasons well no the big thing was chicago yeah yeah yeah. oh i thought you meant that was peter's other band no 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 my bad my bad no no yeah 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 so there was this band called the big thing who's doing kind of well and it turned out like that same year that the big thing formed you know and made this pact like you know you can only die or quit to leave this band which Mm -hmm. is kind of cool you can't get fired so, you know, that sounds like a union job to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chicago for life. Shout out to the unions in Chicago. There was another big thing in Chicago, too, right? Well, you know what the big thing, you know where the big thing came from? What? I heard, uh, I was watching an interview with Pack the House Panko. Uh-oh. Hey. And he was like, this, it goes back to the mob thing with yeah. Chicago. Okay. Because apparently, you know, they, they had started to play around and they were really starting to like get their sound down. And some like mob boss saw them out at some club or some shit. Uh-huh. And he was like, hey, I like you guys. You guys got something good. You know, you could be the next big thing. You know what would be a good name for you? The next big thing. Oh, man. <laughs> and you got to say yes. That sounds like an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> yeah. The next big thing, T-I-N-G. <laughs> and they're just like, all right, fuck it. We don't have another name. Exactly. <laughs> so the, the next big thing. We don't want to come out here thing. with another name and feel something else yeah, yeah like yeah. bullets no yeah. i'm just kidding <laughs> we want everyone to know that we're we're going far okay yeah yeah so um that same year that they formed so it's like peter didn't come in too late it, he got in the same year and he came in as a bassist and vocalist 
pissed because <laughs> they had um, a lot of baritone musicians like Robert, you know, sang pretty low. Terry sang pretty low. And they needed somebody who can compete with the horns in a way who mm-hmm. didn't, you know, who had could offset the bass vocals and stuff like that. So somebody came with the bass in the in the instruments. And then he also came with the, the tenor voice. Full spectrum. Uh, exactly. So <laughs> here comes Peter. Yeah, here comes Peter. So now, so now they're they're really like the whole idea of the band has become a thing. It yeah. went from what if we just did this abstract thing where we had a rock band and the horns were the lead, and yeah. it's like now it's actually happening. Yes, yes. And they're starting to play clubs. Um, but you know, this is the it's really interesting because this is always how it is. Like when you're a band starting out, nobody wants to hear your music. Mm-mm, mm-mm. They all, they just want to hear covers. They want to yes. hear top forty, whatever. Yeah. So they started you know, doing covers of top 40 songs. Well, really, I mean, if you're a band in the 60s and you have horns, who? what are you going to start off playing? Big band? I don't know. You're going to jam to some James Brown. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so that's that true. Was, that was basically how they started. Like, um, They started just jamming on some some James Brown songs. All right. They're like, okay, we, we got something going. So they're starting playing clubs. They're playing like covers of top 40s, but they're changing it up. They're adding, you know, horns as like separate melodies and all these things. Yeah. And they're starting to, you know, get bigger. Yes, and then they start sneaking in a little bit of their own music. Right. Club promoters are like, what the hell is going on here? The club owner was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, um, this is a little conceptual continuity for the people. Apparently, the first song they played that was something that the club owner didn't want them to play was actually a cover of a Zappa song. Which is awesome. With a, They just stooped it up with a bunch of horns, and they just really went for it. Yeah. And the club owner, they were playing at this club. They were getting really big at this club that had, like, it was sat hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Like, it was one of the biggest clubs in the Midwest. I don't remember what the name was. Yeah, yeah. And the club owner was like, first of all, he was like, I really like you guys. This is what you got to do. You need to, you need to lure the people in first. Yeah. When you start the show, you just do some nice little ha ha, like some nice little light songs. Mm-hmm. Then they get some more drinks in them. Yep. Then you hit them with the heaviness, right? Exactly. It's the lobster trap of music. Right. And they were trying to, at this time, like, it was very much in the hippie era. Mm-hmm. And they, like, business people were like, oh, these fucking long-haired hippie kids, they don't fucking, they don't want to work hard. They don't want to do this. They don't want to do that. You can't be having long hair playing at my club, blah, blah, blah. Right. So they were trying to be all, like, clean cut. They were, like, wearing suits. They were having, they were trying to keep their hair nice. You A lot know of moose I mean? and gel, pull back some ponytails. You know, mm-hmm. why not? But apparently one night, they were under the influence of some, how we say, mind-expanding chemicals. That they were. And they bought an album that had recently come out mm-hmm. by the name of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. They did. They did. By a group called the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they were like, whoa, this is crazy. And they were kind of like inspired to be like, you know what? Fuck that. We're just going to be us from now on. Exactly. Which is funny because, you know, Walt kind of says that they weren't influenced by the Beatles, but you got to sneak them in somewhere. These sneaky Beatles, they always got to get in somewhere and influence somebody because Walt tried to say it was Benny Goodman. But no, no, no. They sneak in through little cracks in the wall. They if you do. leave any food around, <laughs> the, the Beatles, they just swarm you. You know what I mean? <laughs> they do. So so they decided after their, their trip had ended, you know what? Fuck that. We're going to do whatever. We're going to do what we want to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the first thing they did was they played this crazy version of a Zappa song. Uh-huh. And the club is packed. Yeah. Hundreds of people at this club. And the club owner goes up to Walt and starts, he goes up to him on stage <laughs> while they're playing and he starts pulling at his leg. He's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what is this? You're fucking fired. 
<laughs> yep. And like he said this to Walt, and um, <laughs> James is like, "What did he say?" He's like, "I think we're fired." He's like, "Oh fuck!" And so like the guys like he gets on the stage. Okay, we're gonna take a little break. Everything's good. Everything's good. But we're we're gonna take a little break. Have another drink. You know, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And Nothing apparently, to see here, folks. Sorry, what did you say? Nothing to see here. Nothing folks. to see here. Move along. Move along. <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. Um. And apparently, Robert on the Lamb Lamb mm-hmm. was very upset. Yes. Because he he dove off the stage and started fighting the fucking club owner. Yes. Apparently, he just grabbed him by the neck, like Simpson style. It was just like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Then the club owner clapped, grabbed him by the neck. They were like, ah. <laughs> they, they were literally like rolling on the ground fighting in the middle of his fucking club. Yeah. And eventually, the rest of the band members broke it up. <laughs> he was, apparently, um, James is kind of a big dude. Yeah, he is. And he was going to, like, fucking murder this guy. Yeah, and it's so funny because it's like when these guys sit and they talk to you, they seem almost seem like kind of unsuspecting. But then you got to remember, like, this is Chicago. Yeah. Like, you know, they're not afraid to throw down a couple of punches, especially on the lamb. Right. Oh, we also, I don't know how I forgot, Lee Lockney. Yes. A.K.A. Long Breath. Long Breath <laughs> Long. Long was the trumpet player. So yeah. my bad. He was also part of the horn section. Three yeah. people in the, the horn section. Right. It was six before Peter. Peter became number seven. Right. Yeah. So, so they get in a fight with the club owner. And he's like, you know what? You're not only you never work in my club again. You're never working anywhere again. Come on, guy. And they said, um, you know, we're the next big thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this. <laughs> But we're going places. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, a little flash for Peter Cetera said he has never been out of work since he was 17 years old, Mr. Club Promoter. So You know why? Because he sets it off. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. So I think around this time is when they changed the name to Chicago. Right? Yeah. Well, it was uh, Jim Garcio. It was their manager who came along and was like, this is the next big thing. Right. Yeah. So Jim Gersio, Gersio, Gersio. He went to Nepal also, and I think he knew Walt and yeah. James. Yeah, and he decided to bankroll these guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he was working at CBS, right? Yes, and he CBS had Records. a couple of connections. Yeah, including um, Clive. Clive doesn't get a gangland name because Clive Davis is a gangland name in its own. So Clive is the Don. Uh, yeah, exactly, and still looks and dresses like it. So stay out of his way, guys. If yeah. he tells you to. I'm literally checking my notes to make sure, because there's there's so many people in this band. I'm like, did we get all the nicknames? Did we get all the people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we've got seven band members, we got them all until, you know. Yeah, until later. But mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Peter. No. I think we're all set. I think we're set. So so Jim, their buddy and uh-huh. now manager. Yes. He brought them up to Clive Davis, Mm -hmm. and Clive was always, it's really, I mean, we could do an episode on Clive Davis. It's really interesting. We got to, yeah. He's not even a musician. No. He was a lawyer. Right. But he just had the ear. The ear. Whatever the fuck it was. Definitely. The inkling, the ear, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. He's got it. He could just hear somebody and be like, yes. Yeah, even to this day. So, you know what I mean? Which is is a good thing, you know what I mean? Because there are a lot of people that kind of like get older, they can't. They start hiring crap and stuff like that. But Clive never, he's got himself plugged into the beat. Right. Yeah. And in this case, the beat of Chicago. Uh-huh. Because uh, Jim brings Chicago up to Clive and yeah. he's like, 
Yes. Yes. He's like, yeah. So it doesn't need convincing, which that's cool. Like, I would love to for Clive to be like, I don't need to be convinced. This is cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? So shout out to Chicago. I feel like, I mean, side note, I don't know Clive Davis, obviously. I don't know. Uh, although I do work in the same building as him, apparently, in Midtown. Oh. But we'll Tell get into come that. come down and have some lunch one of these yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> Let's meet up. Let's do some big things. <laughs> um, It's really funny because he seems like the guy, like, you either... You you don't have to convince him of anything. I feel like he's just yes or no. Like yeah. I don't think he's wanting to be convinced. Yeah. I think he's just like, okay, yeah, this is good or no, it's not good. Yeah, yeah. With Janis Joplin, she there was a little bit of convincing, right? Was there? Yeah. Well, he was like, I gotta sign you, and she was like, only if we have sex. Oh, the, so Janice needed convincing. Yes, not yes. Clive. Not Clive. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only convincing ever story that I've heard in the Clive realm. Right. But most of the time, it's just a, a real simple yes or no from yes, Clive. Yes. <laughs> and Chicago gets the yes. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So they get to the studio. They do. Oh, wait. Wow, we're dumb. So they weren't Chicago. They were the Chicago Transit Authority. Correct. They were named that by Jim Garcio. Yes. He decided to name them that, which is interesting. Because I don't, I don't really know why. He's like, I got to get these guys in trouble somehow. We got to get some, uh, some fricus going on. Let's just name them after something that's already established. Yeah. And the White Sox was taken. So. <laughs> and the Cubs and the Bears. Yeah. So he's like, let's just go for the Transit Authority. Yeah, they can't be the Chicago Bears. No. So they're like, we'll be the Chicago Transit Authority because we have to deal with the fucking CTA every day. Exactly. And then they have to dress up in bear suits all the time if they were the Bears. So. We're like, yeah. <laughs> we're like, look, we're going to be... The Chicago Transit Authority, but we're going to be one that people like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Don't spit at us. <laughs> so so they're in um, the studio now as the Chicago Transit Authority. Uh-huh. And they're working on the first album, which now we can actually talk about the music. Yeah. It's so fucking good. It's so good, but uh, America, what the F? America didn't think it was good. Not yet. But <laughs> I just want to say, before we even talk about like the, the album release or whatever just the style of the band mm-hmm. was so cool yeah because again so with the lead the horn section was so tight that mm-hmm. it was it's almost like one instrument yes and they were throwing a little dance moves in there too a la mr jb james mm-hmm. brown they were throwing some moves they weren't just any horn section okay this was not no symphony orchestra yeah they were having fun with it yeah right yes so not only were they great Peter's a fantastic bass player and a yes. fantastic singer. Yes. Terry is the heart and soul of this band. Terry is everything. <laughs> I mean, Terry is literally like the only thing that really made them a rock band. Yes. He's, he kept them grounded in the rock and roll, which was awesome. Yeah. Like he, he had that, that super gruff, bluesy voice in the crazy guitar style mm-hmm, that yeah. really held him down as a rock band while the rest of it was they were doing all kinds of crazy shit like danny was basically a jazz drummer yes which is you need that you yeah. need that in rock and roll i think you know but it's like you can really tell like this he's he's in the jazz realm mm-hmm. terry's in the blues realm yep. um you know obviously the horns are a whole different thing mm-hmm. but that's what made it cool because there wasn't really many rock bands with a whole horn section that was yeah. the whole point yeah but as we go back to the beginning like that was the whole genesis I didn't mean to make a weird pun there of, of the whole thing. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? That was the whole progression, progressive rockish thing. Yeah, they were very progressive <laughs> with their with their rock. <laughs> so yeah, so they put out the first album, and as Sifa mentioned earlier, it takes America's like I don't know if we're ready for this. I mean, time time is on that. How dare you, America? Hmm. Anyway, not just... my country. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
they were just like, you know what? Uh, I don't know if this is really... Uh, some of these songs are kind of long, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Like, can't you just have, like, a two, three-minute song we could put on the radio? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. They start feeling insulted because uh, Clive and Jim are the ones who really, like, will... Well, they go to France, and the songs are really great there. They get mm-hmm. a big a big to-do, and that's why we have French fries to this day, because... <laughs> Because of things like that. Thank you, France, for letting the world know that Chicago because was Because Terry Cat fried their brains <laughs> while they were cooking potatoes, and then yeah. the rest is history. But you already know that. But yeah, they're, they're, they're on their first album, and like they got to start making songs that are more radio-friendly. Right. The horn people are definitely like, they're very upset about it. They're like, I want to. (laughs) And so around this time, they get sued by the city of Chicago, more specifically the actual Chicago Transit Authority. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. They're like, hey, if anyone's going to make people feel like shit on our trains and buses, it's us. It's us, that's right. Okay? So you can't do that name anymore. They're like, okay. Exactly. That will just be Chicago. That's right. The whole city. That's it. We are Chicago, and Chicago is us. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. We did um, the third episode we ever did of this podcast was on this the music of the city of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And everybody says that. Even the members of the band to this day, they've got such a vast culture, musical culture. Yeah. Everybody came through there, you know, to get their sound um, together. So, like, it's just awesome to name your band Chicago. And if I were the mayor of this city, I'd be like, damn, if this band makes it, that's a whole bunch of new voters (laughs) and a whole bunch of new visitors. I got to get on their side. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to stay in office. (laughs) So so they're just like, all right, we can't be the CTA. We'll just be the C. Yeah. Yeah, So so now they're just Chicago Mm -hmm. and they're working on their second album. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the very creative name Chicago 2. Yes. Because do it. it's the second one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all knew that. Mm-hmm. And again, the music is great, but it really doesn't do well at first. I know. That either. Which we've, uh, we've uh, christened that one Chrome Chicago. Yes, Chrome Chicago. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if you look at the album cover, which will probably be on the screen right about now, ding, ding. it's all Chrome. Yeah. And another thing to, to mention about them. So this was something that uh, Gersio really wanted. He didn't want the band members to be on the album covers. Right. He wanted, like, Chicago to be kind of more open-ended. Like, he wanted people to see the logo and Mm -hmm. be like, that's Chicago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So every album from there is just the logo with a different design. Yeah. And when we started doing our reaction videos, we started giving all the album's nicknames. Yeah. Because Chicago 1, Chicago 2, Chicago 3, it gets kind of boring, honestly. So Mm -hmm. we'll be like, this is Chrome Chicago. That's right. This is Wood Chicago. This is American Chicago. Uh Uh-huh. We've got a lot. Gold Chicago, Money Chicago. What is it about this band that is just so easy to give nicknames to? It's it's because they're from there. It's it's the culture. I don't know. Apparently. Shit. Good for them. (laughs) So, So Chicago 2 doesn't do too well either. No. And what the label does, they're like, all right, we're going to cut some of these songs up because mm-hmm. a lot of these songs were very long. They had a lot of different passages, a lot of different things going on, and they wanted a shorter song for the radio. Right. So Clive and Jim are like, all right, we're going to cut these songs up a little bit, make a shorter version for the radio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the band was not too happy about that. Not really. But it ended up being a pretty good move for them. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Because things started to go a lot better after that. Yeah. Um, I think 25 or 624 was the big one, right? Yeah, there was one before that that went straight to number one, though. Uh, Walt said he was driving down the street. 
was uh, something smile. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yes. Fuck. Uh, yeah. We should know that. We're we're bad. Tell us things. in the comments about how we do this on purpose so you can tell us in the comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We just want more comments for the algorithm, so we're gonna mess up on purpose. There we Y'all go. can correct us. Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um. So but Chicago. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but no, he's driving down the street, and somebody, when the radio disc jockey is just like, "Here's a song that's zipping up the charts." <laughs> Try Chicago. And Walt's like, what? There's another band named Chicago? Ah. <laughs> no, but he realizes that. And then that song goes to number one. That song gets really big. And then after that, it's just like uh, dovetail. Let's just say that. It's like a, it just dovetails into a whole world of successful hits for Chicago. Yeah. I mean, after that, they put out five number one albums in a row. Yeah. That's a lot. That is. That's their golden age, they call it. Yeah. And again, so they're just killing it. Like, nobody's heard some shit like this because it's with the horns and then the the heavy rock of Terry, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Shout out. I mean, they're all great, but Terry was really... I mean, Terry, when you listen to old Chicago, it's like... This is why we call him the aftercat because there's before Terry and there's after Terry. Yeah. 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 And yeah, that's how it goes. But the five albums... Finishing with starting with courtroom Chicago, which is uh, the Chicago Transit Authority, and ending in Wood Chicago, which is <laughs> Chicago Five. Um, all in between were great. All went to number one. That is insane. But with uh, rock and roll and fame and success comes a lot of other crazy sobriety. Wor- <laughs> That's what you're going to say, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of sobriety with the successful rock stars. But I want to say before this, I forgot to... So we did a reaction to the whole Chicago Transit Authority album on yes. our on Side After Dark uh, Patreon. Mm-hmm. And I forgot to say this then, but I realized while we were listening to that, I was like, if they wanted to, Seraphin, Danny the Snakes, the Snare Serpent Seraphin... Yeah. Peter set it off to Tara mm-hmm. and Terry the Aftercath. Yep. If they wanted to, I think they could have been the best power trio in the history of rock music. They definitely could. And thank goodness you weren't there to break up the band, Dan. I'm, not say- <laughs> I'm, not- I'm just saying, like, if they didn't meet all these people with the hordes and all, if it was just them three, yeah. they could have been the best power trio that's ever been. Yeah. I really believe that. They would have been better than fucking Cream with the their guitarist. I don't remember his name. I don't remember either, but yeah, it's hard to remember. But they also had Jack is. Bruce and uh, Ginger and Baker. And Ginger Baker. Yeah, I remember those two guys more than anything. Yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, they would have been, I mean, this is crazy. I think they would have been more talented than fucking like Nirvana. I mean, they have, obviously Nirvana is a whole different thing, but like. Yeah. But just the three of them, they're just so good. Like, I just can't say this enough. Like, Terry is just so, like he, I don't know if he's better at singing or playing guitar. Right, right. But, uh. <laughs> When they were starting off, Jimi Hendrix <laughs> taps Walt on the back yeah. and goes, hey, your guitarist is better than me. <laughs> you guys really got something going. And Walt was like, somebody just slipped me some acid because yeah. I can't believe what's going on. Yeah. But I just want to say, it doesn't matter what you say, Jimmy. It matters what we say. <laughs> it matters what the people say. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, that's no, that's true. So they were playing some little club in LA. Yeah. This was like 67, 68, like before they really got big, before they were the next big thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they play the show and all of a sudden, yeah, Walt gets a tap on the back. He's just like, hey man, <laughs> your, your guitar is real groovy, man, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and they're like, oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And that that's, leads to a running inside joke with us. Yeah. Because 
in all the Chicago videos and reactions that we did, there was always stories of that, of Jimmy said that Terry Kath was his favorite guitarist. Yeah. But then there was also every other video we do, it's like, Jimmy said Rory Gallagher is his favorite guitarist. Yes, yes. And it's like a different story every time. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so we just started, apparently that is the real story though with Chicago and Terry Kath. Yeah, yeah, because other people have um said that that's the story. Yeah, yeah. but we turned it into a running joke yeah. where... Whoever we're listening to at the time is basically Jimi Hendrix's favorite guitarist. Exactly. Like, and I heard that Kurt Cobain was Jimi Hendrix's favorite guitarist. I heard that, too. I heard that a while ago. Like, it was crazy. I heard that, like, Sting was Jimi Hendrix's favorite bassist. Like, yeah. right around 1980. Yeah, Jimmy yeah. was like, Sting, you got to do this. You're my favorite. <laughs> Travis <laughs> Barker was Jimi Hendrix's favorite drummer. <laughs> so, if you ever hear us say some crazy shit like that, this that's where it came from. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so Terry, they're, they're killing it. They're all killing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe they're killing it a little too much. Mm, you know, the, the cocaine walks in and it's kind of like, this is my band now. It's a bag. With <laughs> Move <shades>. over after Kath. <laughs> they got the, they walk into the studio and the Coke is there in front of the lead microphone with shades on. The Coke is singing lead. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. With shades. And so. You but it's it, not very good at harmonizing with Terry. Not, very not, not good. a lot of harmony between Terry and the cocaine. And the whole band. And it's so funny when you watch some of the videos of them moving and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is definitely <laughs> coke fueled. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> um, um, Lee, Lee said he gets on stage and his hands yeah, are like, like this. Like he can barely even hold like his instrument and like, you know, play and stuff. And that's kind of unfortunate. Um, yeah, it comes with, you know, you got to stay awake, you know, you know, you got to keep the same energy as last night. You got to mm-hmm. play every night like it's your last night. And somebody walks in with the drugs and is like, here, here they are. You tired? Yeah. <laughs> got a big show tonight? <laughs> I got something for you. Yep. That's how it goes. So, yeah. So now, I mean, five albums of number one, they've been huge, right? And they've been doing a lot of drugs. And they've been doing all the things that comes with success like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're even starting to get a little frustrated with the music itself. Yeah. um, Some of them don't even really necessarily like the fame of it Mm -hmm. all either. That can be a lot of drain. Like, it can be a lot, you know, (laughs) the groupies, they just want a free ride. Like... (laughs) Right. They're even sick of the women. <laughs> like <laughs> they just want to play music. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And at this time they're they're starting to get a little I don't even want to say complacent, but it's just like the the formula, it it became quite a, an obvious formula. Yes. Right? Where they're like, "Okay, this is what we do to make a hit." Mm-hmm. So by the end of their golden run, they were getting a little they wanted to switch it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they ended up firing Jim. Which was a bad move. Yeah, they ended up firing Jim. Which, I don't know, it's like, I wasn't there, but it seemed like Jim always really had their back. Yeah, I mean, you put all your money into a band, you fly them out, you get the biggest record exec to say, to give you a green light, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? You not only stop there and be like, oh, well, I brought you this way, go sink or swim, like, you actually try to formulate their music because you want them to be a success, success so much. Right. I feel like he really had their back as well, but they wanted to change things up, and that I feel like that comes with the success too. It's a very honorable thing to stick with the band for the whole run. Like mm-hmm. I think it's a beautiful and honorable thing to do. And changing up stuff, I'm I'm not a necessarily a big fan. Shout of Shout out to Mick Jagger. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so Jim, uh, they they dropped Jim, and yeah, he really even had a lot to do with the branding too. Like like I said, like the whole idea of not having them on the album cover 
was all Jim. And then that gave a consistent like brand to them. Yeah. And it's funny because some of the members were not happy about that, right? Because they wanted to have their face on it. Mm -hmm. But then they all realized in the end, they're like, yeah, that's prob that probably was a good move. Yeah. To this day, it's one of the most popular rock and roll logos. Very recognizable globally. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Of course, because it literally says what it is. Like, you know, well, that's Chicago. Right. And it's funny because, you know, back in the day, it's like, it's so weird now because especially with the internet, like, you don't have to put your face on an album cover for people to know who you are or look like. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, it's like there wasn't MTV and shit. Right. Like if you didn't have your face on the album cover, like you literally, nobody would have known who you were. Yeah. You know what? Unless they came to see you at the show, obviously. Correct. Correct. So, so yeah. So there was always just like um, a cult of Chicago mm-hmm. <laughs> around the band. Um, and they dropped Jim. Yeah. And that was really the start of the downfall. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Because they were kind of like twisting in the wind for a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, Lee says at that point, no, uh, Danny says that they were kind of like, they kind of died at that point. Mm. All of them did. And that kind of brought on a lot because Terry was becoming more frustrated. And Terry had already said that he felt like he was going to die young, you know. So he kind of lived really, really fast Mm -hmm. as well. So um cocaine really took a a big hold on him but Mm -hmm. like a lot of people uh uh rock musicians and other people right before they death they their death they say things like they want to get cleaner they want to get a little bit better but you know the drugs kind of hold on to him and fortunately yeah um so terry literally it was only like four months after they fired jim Mm -hmm. like this happened very quick Mm -hmm. um he, uh, this is just ridiculous. I mean, it's so sad. Like, he was on the influence of cocaine, mm-hmm. and he, like any true American, really loved guns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> um, I guess one day he was just, he went to like a party, he was mm-hmm. hanging out, you know, doing a little, little of this, a little of that, mm-hmm. and he had a gun around, and he was just fucking around with the gun. He's like, look guys, it's not loaded. Mm-hmm. And he just fucking murdered himself. Yeah. <laughs> like just he blew his fucking head off. Yes, he did. And it's like technically that's a you know, that's a gun death, but really that's a drug death. Because yeah. we were talking about this yesterday. Nobody's doing that sober. No, no, not You're not at just all. gonna be sober as fuck, like, hey guys, look at this. You wanna play Russian roulette? Unless you're fucking um Robert right. De Niro in that movie where they're in Vietnam. You know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> where they make him play Russian roulette like him and Christopher Walken. Oh man. I don't remember the Deer Hunter, I think it's called. They're in Vietnam in the Deer Hunter? I think so. I haven't seen that in a while. I might be fucking up. But there's some movie where no. Robert De Niro... I remember because they, they, he's like captured and then they make him play uh, Russian roulette. He's just like, ah! Oh, I lived. Maybe. Anyway, I just so- remember Angelina Jolie's father and the other guy, Ned Beatty. Yeah. Somebody else in, in the Deer Hunter. I don't remember anybody else. I, I, I was a child. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That Tell doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, so, so Terry, yeah. Terry just did his drug-fueled state. He was just like, nothing can hurt me. Yeah. Because... You know, what I've heard about cocaine is it makes you feel like you're fucking invincible. Yes. So you don't even really process at the time like, oh, this is literally an instrument of death in my hand. Yeah. A weapon, an actual weapon, which is like so sad. I mean, there's uh, there's a reason why they kind of call cocaine the devil and the devil is a liar. (laughs) It makes you feel like you're invincible, but yet you are pretty mortal. Yeah. And that happened and Terry found out the hard way. Yeah. And that was just it. All yeah. of a sudden, Terry's gone. 
I know, which is crazy. Those people that witnessed it, they just said he just like laid his head back and he was done. Other members of the band were like, you know, they could still see his footprints in the rug from like a day before when they were just hanging out and talking to him. His own wife, you know, Walt, he was like, um, he's part gypsy. <laughs> so he said when the phone rang, like he was like, it was a bad ring. Like yeah. he didn't even, he knew like not even to try to pick it up. He didn't even want to pick it up. And like um, his wife said, you know, the, their daughter was only like two years old and she remembers walking to the gate and like they were detectives at the gate and she was like, that was the longest walk in the world. Like she didn't even want to like go there. It's like crazy. Um, and that's sad that that can just suddenly happen like that, you mm-hmm. know, and it's not just um, a father's dead or a husband's dead or a friend's dead. It's like now it's like the band is, is dying, too. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's I mean, some sad. could say and I'll, I'll be one of the people that said this. I mean, I think really Chicago died with Terry. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it was never the same band again. No. Because like we said before, Terry brought the rock. Yeah. Like he made the band heavy. Yeah. Like with, with his singing and with his guitar style. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you you can't replace Terry Kath. Mm-mm. You just can't. So once he was out, this is when the whole style of the band changes. Yeah. And it's funny. So I said this before too. So when we started doing reactions to Chicago, right? Most of the time when we did reaction videos, I would talk to my mom. And she'd be like, oh, my God, like, I love that band. That's so great. Yeah. And one day I told her we were doing Chicago. And she was like, really? <laughs> Aren't they kind of, like, lame? Like, just like like just, like just pop band? They, they don't really seem like your style. And yeah. we'd only heard really badass Terry Kath Chicago songs up to that point. And I was like, Mom, what are you talking about? Right. Like, this band is badass. And then I realized that she was thinking of that the aftercath Chicago, exactly, which is when they really lost the soul and they really just became a pop soft rock band. They did, they definitely did. And and for if you ask all the other members of the band, that's not their favorite era either. Like, you know, I mean, how they could it knew, be? yeah, they knew. Like, and not only that, but I mean, you just lost your fucking brother. Yeah, like you're gonna look back at the time, like, oh, this is the best time of the band. <laughs> like, no, I'm sure everybody was so sad, but they were just like. Look, we just had five number one records in a row. Yeah. We're selling millions and millions of copies. Like, I don't want to go back to school. Yeah. We got to, we should keep doing this. Yeah, definitely. They keep doing something. So they brought in another producer, David Foster, um, because they had two albums in between that didn't do well after their golden era. And then they brought in David Foster. And also, they started pushing Peter to the forefront also as well. Peter. You know, and this is where MTV comes in and, you know, where video starts to kill the radio star a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, you know, so that's why they kind of change. And and um, David Foster wanted to remind the band of how great they were and they didn't necessarily want to take his advice. There was a lot of push and pull. But the David Foster songs were successful. It just wasn't rock chicago exactly he was like a pop writer basically right yeah so that's the thing so you could see after terry i mean the whole style of the band it loses the edge yeah right that's really what happened it loses the edge yeah and it just becomes like you know again like soft rock just like pop music if you leave me now you take away the biggest part of me and that's the era that my mom was thinking about when she was like, yeah. that shit is lame. <laughs> and I, I can't argue. Why, why would she say that? Yeah. And it's funny. Those songs I knew because they were super popular. And Me this too. Is the thing. This is kind of like when we were talking about the band Heart. Mm-hmm. Once you get to the 80s, there's yeah. a certain style that's selling. Yes. And if you go for that style, you know you're going to sell a lot of records. Yeah. But in hindsight, 
it's not, it's not really people know that it's not really the best music yeah so those kind of songs like i knew those songs they were huge songs yes but i didn't even think of that as being a rock band me neither me neither and <laughs> like, i didn't even think about it as being chicago like you know i thought it was a solo artist because honestly you can't i mean you do hear the horns and stuff like that but you don't really hear anything else about but one voice right that could be a whole that could be all uh, like instruments like that could be a dat board that could be you know what i mean that could be an eight track it doesn't have to be live musicians to get that sound out right that but for chicago before that's definitely you need humans to make that sound well that's the thing because like we said terry was the soul of the band and when you lose that you lose that whole feeling mm -hmm. and then the other thing is you know just as a matter of their voices they just complemented each other so well. Terry with the high, or sorry, Terry with the low, right. and Peter with the high voice. They yeah. really equaled each other out really well. Mm -hmm. But now you lose that 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 Terry voice, so all you have is this the Satara yeah. high voice. And Satara's a great singer. Yeah. Some would say he sets it off. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with Satara being the lead singer. No, no. But that's no. what you were saying. Now we're getting into the MTV era. He yeah. clearly gets kind of like pushed into like this is the star of the band. Yes. Whereas before, there was no star of the band. It was just the logo. Yeah. You didn't even know who the fuck was in the band unless you saw him. Yeah. And and now, in a in, in gangland talk, people started <laughs> dropping like flies because now Danny, the snare serpent, he says, while the band was in their highest coke era, you know, um, drug era, he was pretty much straight. Mm. And he was having to take control of a lot of management things in the band and stuff like that. And um, they had brought in a new singer and stuff. And they were getting sick and tired of Danny because they were like, you hear them talking. They were like, he was uh, <laughs> concentrating on things he shouldn't have been doing, you know, instead of just drumming. Right. Like, you know, they right. didn't like that at all. Who are you? You're not the manager. You're the drummer. Drum. Yeah. You know, so they, so they were like, uh, Danny. You got to go. Axed. <laughs> uh, that's terrible. Um, and uh, of course, Danny's like, you don't do that to somebody you've been with 23 years. You do do that if you're hopped up on drugs, if you go through a whole serious like loss, and if you're like hella famous now. You, you can become a victim to that. So sorry, yeah. Danny. That does happen. <laughs> so, so Danny gets the axe, and then Peter's like, what do I need these other guys for? <laughs> <laughs> right he's just like everybody knows me i'm the fucking voice i'm the face i'm writing songs people he looks in the mirror he's like i got the haircut i got the pearly whites i'm good to go yeah so he's like you know what i'm caught this is we've had our good run i'm out he's out he's out can you believe he's out He's out and, you know, <laughs> he says stuff like, I didn't really want to leave the band. I just wanted to make my own solo album. All right. And they were very upset about that. They didn't like that. He's like, everybody in the career wants to make their own solo album and stuff like that. Sometimes, yeah, and sometimes no. I would say they want to make their own solo projects. You know what I mean? Right. Sometimes they'll pull one or two artists and they'll be like oh we want you to sing on a soundtrack or we want you to sing with aretha franklin or mm -hmm. you know what i mean they'll do that but i don't know if they're always like hey you need your own album i don't right. know i don't know for sure but also it's just like putting yourself in that like trying to put yourself in that time period it's also like it must still it must have just been really sad for them still to all be continuing it just knowing there's this huge terry cathfield gap in the band and they're just going on like like nothing ever happened. 
Yeah, you, you know? know, and and it's not like he died of a heart attack. You know what I'm saying, or some type of illness. It's pretty shocking. It's pretty traumatic. That's exactly what it is. Right. And you know, I I don't know if back in those days, like they should have brought in a counselor. Honest to goodness. Yeah. You know, but you know, these are guys, and that's like that. They're you're, they're just come. They grew up on the like the John Wayne era. Like you know what I mean. They're not going to go see no counselor. These are some fucking Chicago kids. Okay. <laughs> they ain't going to therapy. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how obviously Peter wanted to go solo, but also like in the back of his head, there might have been like, yo, like I need to I need to get away from this for my own like mental health. Like, I don't obviously I don't know Peter. I don't know if that's really how much that had to do with it, but that had to be something to do with it. Yeah. And 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 they probably were at each other's throats during a lot of these sessions and stuff like that. A lot of people on edge, you know, you don't know, you know. Sometimes in a band or two, when you're like the heart and soul, you can have everybody being the best friend of the heart and soul, but not necessarily best friends with each other. Right. You can have that problem. And Peter did say that he felt uh, emotionally abused. Right. So you're saying that not only, basically Terry is fucking everything. So (laughs) you're saying not only was Terry crazy good at guitar and vocals, but he was also the glue of the band. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a possibility. Like sometimes that happens. Like I know, like, especially like if you're in school and stuff, you have those dynamics, you know, I'm saying one person graduates and it's just like, oh man, I don't want to. Well, I'm not really friends with them like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, it all, and again, well, obviously, nobody's going to talk shit about Terry now that he's dead, but nobody has anything bad to say about him ever in all these interviews. Yeah. Like, everybody loved him. So I feel like he might have also been the glue. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, when you look at the, the timeline of the band, it's just so clear that once Terry was gone, like, nothing was the same. Right, right, right. So now we're in the 80s, and yeah. Peter's like, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. He goes and sings the Karate Kid song. And- I am the and i didn't know so when we reacted to a chicago song yeah. i'm like this is the guy right this is the karate kid guy right am i confused there? and like, i was like i don't maybe I don't i'm know. like i'm just like because he's got such a distinct voice and i'm yeah. like this is the guy like this is him but then after, and that's what he thought too <laughs> that's he thought, what he thought i'm the guy <laughs> but unfortunately he was not you know what he said he did two albums and they were number one type albums, but the actual producers of those albums, the actual money people of those albums, didn't promote those albums as well because mm. they literally told him to his face, we want you to go back to the band. Really? <laughs> he must have took that very well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And he's like, you know, I wasn't as successful as I thought I was going to be. But, you know, he's like, I, I, it's just my fault because I did it, but it ended up being the way I wanted to do it. So he's got to take accountability. You yeah. know, you left the band. You had to either sink or swim. And, the grass know. isn't always greener, folks. Not always, especially when you got a team that is like, uh, no, we're going to do it for you. But no. How dare you leave the band? Yeah. So Terry, you know, he had some success. I mean, he's doing fine. Peter, he, yeah. he wasn't. He didn't drop out of the van, and now he's fucking homeless. No, no, <laughs> like no, no, no. He's did. He did. Ended up doing all right for himself. Next time I fall, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get those out. His voice is so distinct. Yeah, yeah. But um, after that, <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> I mean, Chicago keeps going. Yes. You know what? Well, oh, fuck the the new singer they have. What was his name? I don't even remember. I want to say it, it starts with a G. His well, his last name starts with a G, and I want to say it's Jim. I, I want to say it's that. I don't know. Y'all tell us in the comments how how stupid Again, we are. Because he's cool too, and he says, you know, twenty years into the group, he's still known as the new guy. <laughs> well, you're gonna. You're always gonna be the new guy. Yeah. When yeah. you have what like 10 albums five number one albums before you join yeah 
Like, everybody knows the band was around a long time before you did. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You know, we didn't recruit you. You're only here because there's people dead and there's people fired. Yeah. That's it. That's really more uh, Bronx. That's not really very Chicago. Eh, whatever. It's same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? We're in the north. <laughs> so they continued. Like, Chicago never disbanded. I mean, Chicago's still touring. To this day. And um, the horn, the whole horn section is still the original members. Yeah, yeah. But that's pretty much it, right? Is Robert still in the band? I don't remember. Yeah, he's still there. Is he on the lamb or is he No, in no, the band? no. He was found. He was found. He's there. He's there. Yeah. So there's he still... sings oh. he sings uh, Terry's songs from time to time. That must be sad. He says it's very hard, very very hard to do it, but he does do it. And Robert is a great singer. Yes. So he could pull it off. But I mean, long story short, Chicago was just never the same mm-hmm. after Terry. The, mm-hmm. that, in the aftercath. Correct. It was just not the same. No. Everybody knows it. And, you know, they wanted to continue, obviously, but they, you can't replace that. Mm-hmm. So they, they still, you know, they made a nice career for themselves. Mm-hmm. But the golden era of Chicago is will always be the, the cap era. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, as soon as that first album came out, they were eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. As soon as that the CTA album came out. Like, unbelievable. Like, yeah. you know, and in... uh. In uh, 1994, happy birthday, Dan, they celebrated their 25th anniversary. Yeah. So I just wanted to be like, 25 in 94. I just had to do that. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, the band, the legacy is incredible. I mean, they, again, five number one albums, fucking like, I don't know, 20 something albums, 13 of them went platinum, something like that. Hundreds of millions of records sold. They're, yes. It's so crazy because they're one of the biggest bands ever, but I still feel like they were underrated. I think so too. And I think it's because of the Aftercath era. I think so. I think if Terry was around longer or if they disbanded after Terry died, mm-hmm. after Terry died, I think they would be known as one of the greatest rock bands of all time. Yeah, they would have been a Zeppelin, like for sure. Because that's, I mean, I, I could, you could see like when uh, Robert and Jimmy and um, John were playing like a couple of 90s events and stuff like that. You could see the 80s taking them over. And if, John Paul. John Paul. Yeah. Yeah, yeah John. John. I call him JP. Just, just so y'all, y'all yeah, not Bonzo. Yeah. Bonzo's name is Bonzo. His name is a John. Yeah, that's his legal name. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what you call it? Um, you could see like the '80s kind of taking them over, their style over, and I feel like if they had started making albums and stuff, they probably would have, uh, you know, right. softened up. People would have been like Zeppelin. I, I don't know for sure, but yeah, but yeah, I think if they had disbanded, if Chicago had disbanded they would have still been held down as one of the greatest like rock bands. But they still are. They still are. But it's like it's almost like, I know you like it this way, it's almost like a hidden secret. Uh-huh. You um, know what I mean? Don't get too big on don't me. Don't get too big on us, guys. Because <laughs> it's like people that know Chicago, and we were so blown away but on our reaction channel, like all the love that Chicago got. Yeah. Like it was literally like Frank Zappa and Chicago got yeah. the most love out of everybody. Like the people that know about Chicago love Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, like the um, the albums with Terry, I mean, that music is all time great music. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And no one, no one can ever take that away from them. As time goes on. Uh, uh, It almost, it just makes me sad thinking about Terry. Like, and Terry, like if he lasted longer, like he, I think he would have been more known as one of the best guitarists of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. Things just happen like that. But you know. The band, of course, they still play. They still live on forever. They still do Terry's songs. You know, Peter, 
they entered the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Peter declined their invite to go. You guys, you guys must have abused Peter a little bit. Well, I was going to say, apparently after Peter left Chicago, he was like, I don't want anything to do with them anymore. Like, yeah. he doesn't even want to talk about them in interviews anymore. Like, yeah. he just, like, this is an era of my life that's done. Yeah. And I think, again, that might have something to do with the, the trauma of it. Yeah. Of he's just like, I just want to leave this whole thing in the past. Like, I don't want to relive this all the time. I don't want to be hearing uh, Robert Sigintary songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It may, it may definitely have something to do with it because, um, not to, they give a nice, uh, parallel to Zeppelin. Cause that's how Zeppelin, uh, does their albums. Led Zeppelin one, Led Zeppelin two, you know, and then they suffered tragedy as well. And Robert Plant does not really like to talk about Zeppelin. You know, he's being very kind, very British about it. You know, when you ask him questions and stuff, but Pete is from America. All right. And he's going to tell you to fuck off when you kind of fuck off. <laughs> but yeah. uh, Robert Plant, too, doesn't want to really remember those days. He likes to say, I don't remember. I don't remember. You know, so. Well, you know. some of it you might not remember for some other reasons. Yeah, yeah. You mm -hmm. know? Frodo, Frodo lines and stuff like that. Well, you know, we don't need to get into that. We did a Led Zeppelin episode. It was we our did. first episode, actually. Go so check, check that out. That out. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it might be the same kind of thing. Yeah, a lot of trauma. And he just doesn't want to deal with it. Peter is like the last person to join the group. And he also, I know they were all like kind of the same age, but he also seems like the youngest for some reason to me. He's Peter, seems, baby face to Tara. Yeah, he just seems Peter like the youngest nicknames. one. So I, you know, I could see, he said he was like a little bit emotionally abused. He refused to join them on stage for the, um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, which is really sad. But he's spoken a little bit about it. And he's just like, you know, it's like a divorce. You yeah. know, when you get divorced, you don't really, you know, talk about which is not necessarily true you know some people some people go parent for the kids you know and we are the kids <laughs> they don't love us enough exactly why does dad hate us <laughs> why does he have a new wife and new kids i'm now? busy now <laughs> that's that's what peter said yep but yeah i mean that's pretty much i mean that's the, most of the story yeah i just it's if y'all don't know the early Chicago albums with Terry, you gotta listen. Got to. You gotta listen. It's like, man, I, it's just so sad because Terry is was just he. We keep talking about Terry, but he was just one of the most talented rock musicians ever. Mm -hmm. Like I said before, I don't, really don't know if he's a better singer or a better guitar player. Yeah, he does both yeah. so well. Absolutely. And he was trying to go solo. No, no. Okay. He's a nobleman. That's a, I, I honestly believe that there's something so noble and so great about just sticking it out with the band. I love to hear that the horn section is still rocking to this day. Like their story continues. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they're not necessarily making newer music, you know, then sometimes, you know, uh, they get out there and they were like, oh, man, Saturday in the park. We got to go perform that. Yeah. But when they get out there and everybody's singing it with them and loves to hear it, then they get like re-energized to sing yeah. it with everyone. You know, so the story still continues. And yeah, I mean, thank goodness that that's the only way that Terry left the band because mm -hmm. we did. We wouldn't want to hear him getting kicked out or, you know what I'm saying, him quitting or anything like that. That's heartbreaking. Wait a minute. I just realized that they broke their fucking promise when they kicked Danny out. Yeah. Did, they said at the beginning, oh, the, it's only going to happen if the band breaks up or if somebody dies. Yeah. Danny didn't die. No, he didn't die. But fame joined the band. So, mm. yeah, fame and drugs became the leader of the band. So, you know. As happened so many times. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's just sad, but mm -hmm. it is what it is. They left us a great catalog to listen to. Mm -hmm. Terry really put his soul into the records. Absolutely. 
You know what I mean? I think that's another part of what makes it so special is you can really feel him yeah. when he's singing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So rest in peace to Terry. Uh-huh. Um, shout out to all all the members of the band. Should we go through all the nicknames one more time? Yeah, why not? Hold on. I'm, I'm bringing out my list because... We yeah. really, we really put a lot of energy into this. We did, and the new guys didn't get any names. Sorry, new guys, but we still love you too. In the in the true spirit of the Chicago gangsters, only the OGs get nicknames. Yeah. Right. So remember, we got Walt the Wind Parasiter on the sax. Uh-huh. We got Terry the Aftercath Calf on vocals and guitar. We had Danny the Snape. The, sorry, I can't even Snape. He's a <laughs> Harry. Po- he's a big Harry Potter fan. Uh-huh. Danny the Snare Serpent Seraphim, Lee Longbreath <laughs> Lockney. That one still makes me laugh. Yeah. Because I feel like that could be misconstrued. <laughs> um, we got James Pack the House Panko, which might be my favorite. That's a good one. That just has a good ring to it. And I, they're still packing the house. And they are still putting out new music. I think Spotify just told me like a week or two ago, they just put out like a new single. Yeah. I didn't listen to it yet. Sorry, but... But again, I mean, their 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 heyday is past. Sorry, guys. I didn't they know to it too. Oh. I don't think they would be offended to see that. Man, I don't know which singer was a new singer. Sorry. Sorry, new guy. Damn. You're still the new guy, even though it's been thirty years. Oh man. And then obviously we got Robert on the lamb, lamb. And last but not least, Peter set it off Satara, because that's what he does. That's, that's what, what they all does. did. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, that's pretty much it. That's Chicago. We're Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we got something in common. We got Al Capone. He went over there. We're cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guys, let us know what our um, OG names would be. Oh, man. Like... <laughs> <laughs> tell us in the comments. Yeah. That'll be fun. Oh, man. Yeah. The winner gets a lot of love from us. Yeah. And possibly a sad sticker. Possibly a sticker. We need to order some more. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. If you all really want stickers, then give us some funny ass names. If you can make us laugh out loud, we'll get more stickers for you. Yeah. Yeah. The winner definitely get a sticker. Yeah. I brought some over, Dan. There are some in my bag. Just in case you want to mail some yes. out. <laughs> it's only like five or six, but. <laughs> That's enough. So yeah. Shout out to all y'all for watching. Thanks guys. Once again, we're Side After Dark. This yeah. has been the Music Maniacs podcast. Uh-huh. If you like the podcast, check us out, patreon.com slash musicmaniacs. Support us to help you know, continue doing this. We're doing bonus episodes on there. So if you want to see more from us, go check it out. Go check out our music, wherever you stream music, Side After Dark. Mm-hmm. And um, that's pretty much it. Peace, guys. Until next time. <laughs>